Welcome to Despirituality. We've been doing a series called Quiet Times That Work, and hopefully you've had a chance to listen to them. And one of the reasons these quiet times work is because they're not just about sitting down with the Bible, reading, and going out and praying, but they're about actually allowing God to work in your life where there's some tangible outcomes, changes, and and, and blessings and good things and progress that happen. So you're not merely just waking up in the morning and saying, hey, let me go read the Bible and pray, but you're getting involved with God's power and God's presence and you're seeing a move in your life. And as we do these quiet times that work, there are three questions we're asking. How am I doing spiritually? How are my friends doing spiritually? And how are we changing the world? And that third one I always say is a big, big question, but I think as a Christian, who believes in God and Jesus Christ, who believes in the power of the resurrection, and that that same power, according to Romans 8, is at work in our life, and Ephesians 1 is at work in our life. Someone who believes that, we should believe we can change the world on our street, in our community, in our city, in our state, in the world, by doing good, by inspiring faith in other people. And so we've been doing this series, enjoying it a lot, learning a lot. Many of the men and women that are guests on here are, are talking about studies they're working on for themselves, uh, investigations and research they're doing to learn about subjects. And so some of these things are just, we're just like diving into it on the podcast and you're living through it with us. Like as we try to develop it, as we try to study it up and get it out there to be able to serve and meet your needs, uh, you're listening to sort of, as they like to say in politics, you're listening to or watching the sausage be made. And so that's what we're doing today. We're going to combine two kind of really cool ideas one is Scott Colvin, who's been working on uh, anxiety. Uh, are you feeling anxious? Trying these scriptures on uh, to deal with frustration. And uh, a subtopic or sort of an overall idea on that is angry anxiety. And then Jason Collette's joined us, Stories of Courage in the Bible to Help You Overcome Anxiety, Fear Anxiety. And so I want to start these guys off with a few questions just to warm them up. Because, uh, you know, sometimes when you get that mic in front of you, you need to be war warmed up. Did either of you develop any insights about this? This is a question. How do we develop and experience a walk with God that produces calm, peace, confidence, boldness, and action to replace anxiety? That's a question for you. I'll read it again. How do we develop and experience a walk with God that produces calm, peace, confidence, boldness, and action to replace anxiety. Did you run anything like that? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. The first scripture that I thought of that helped me with that is 1 Peter 5, uh, verses 6 and 7, where it says, Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. And the thing that helped me about that was a couple of things. Uh, one, I learned something about anxiety, and I learned something about God from that scripture. Awesome. Um, what I learned about anxiety is that it clings to you, that it's something that has to be cast off. It doesn't say drop it. It doesn't say lay it down. you got to cast it off. You gotta, it takes energy to get it off of you. Yeah. And those, those anxious thoughts cling to me, and you have to ha I have to have something more powerful to replace those thoughts than the fear and the anxiety, and that's the thought that God cares for me. Wow. And that I really have to believe every day, and I don't think it's like a one-time, I believe God cares for me. It's an every day, in every area of my life, God cares for me in this area of my life. Jason, did you run into any characters who had the level of confidence in that care or that had that kind of 
ability to replace anxiety with calm, peace, confidence, boldness, and action. Yeah, I did, Russ. Um, one of the characters in the Bible that was uh, inspiring personally to study out as well was uh, David. And uh, one of the areas in First uh, Samuel 17, 32, and 33, 37 is when a battle came about where uh, there was Goliath who was facing the Israelites, and you know, they were all uh, afraid of his uh, comments and his challenges upon them. And then David came on the scene and uh, just to see what was happening. And then he heard this Goliath uh, attacking God and the army, and uh, he had a disdain, and he wanted to fight him. And uh, it was based on how many times God had protected him whenever there was other uh, attacks on him younger in his life, you know, being a shepherd, whether it be a lion or a bear. And he had seen how many times God had protected him and cared for him. And that built a lot of security, believing that God was going to bring about a victory in this life. He had, he, was, had, he had complete confidence that God would come through in that battle. Interesting. Do you have any other characters that were like that, or is that just the primary one? Um, I had some other characters there, too. I think uh, another example was uh, Daniel, and uh, one of the areas there in Daniel 6, he was uh, a man that was—he had a conviction to pray. And one of the things that stood out to me was uh, even though there was a law that was put into effect to be able to arrest anyone who was praying, he was— uh, still devoted to that prayer because he relied on it so much. And he said, you know, my devotion to God is something that I'm willing to be uh, thrown into a lion's den. R- his life risked because he saw how much uh, power and care and uh, how much God filled him up and the relationship that he had with God. That he said, I'm going to devote myself to God. And it wasn't just in the morning. It was like three times during the day is how much he was connected. Three times to a day. That's what it said. He said three times a day he went to pray uh, there with God. Now, you think that was his quiet time? You think he had three quiet times you today? Know, I don't believe so. I think it was, uh, uh, I think the day had uh, so many, it was, a, it was a relationship. It was a connection uh, with God. I believe like, you know, maybe me with my wife, Michelle, or other friends, if it's just a one-time conversation in the morning, it's, it's not uh, a relationship, relationship where, you know, you just talk throughout the day and yeah. you realize here's experience that I yeah. had morning, noon, night. Uh, we hear surprises where there are things that we have That's cool. scheduled out. You know, we have That's that. Cool. I think God, would you say God. then that, that part of being able to deal with anxiety well in your life is you have to have a continual connection with God that you cannot just have a quiet time in the morning, read your Bible and pray and walk away because in a, well, for me, sometimes it's 15 minutes, yeah. but in an hour or two, all that you got out of that quiet time is gone. All the power, the presence of God, the peace is gone. You know, maybe your tire on your bike and you're riding went flat. Maybe your car yeah. didn't start. Something happens and we lose it. And so you're saying part of what Daniel did with the three times a day was he was staying in continual connection with God, continual awareness of God. And that might be a good solution yes. to overcoming anxiety. Yes. All right. That's Absolutely. pretty good. Yep. I got another question for you guys, if you don't mind. How do we get to the core, the root, the depth of our anxiety, then conquer it? Because it seems superficial to merely identify and talk about it. So how do we get to the depth, the core, and the root of our anxiety, then conquer it? Because it seems superficial to merely identify and talk about it. Yeah, that's a good question, and I'm not sure I have a good answer for it because I'm not sure I'm at the core yet of, okay. of what's going on with me. But I, I know a lot of what I have to do is ask myself questions with God and then discover things in the Scriptures that help. So, yeah. for instance, I've known and everybody around me has known I'm a angry, irritated, frustrated guy in general. That That's a strong emotion that I kind of go to. Yeah, yeah. Um, but 
until doing this study, I didn't really identify, oh, a lot of that frustration and anger isn't just because I'm a jerk. I mean, there's part of that, yeah. but some of it is I'm anxious and I don't want to admit how anxious I am. Right. And I have to stop and slow down. I think for me, I have to really pray and be deliberate about, okay, what am I thinking, feeling? Where is this coming from? I have to talk to other people, my wife, Margot especially. Here's what I'm thinking, or she'll ask me a lot of questions. I have to be open and, and like allow people to probe. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, when I'm angry and frustrated, most people don't want to probe or ask people right, those right, kind of right, questions because right, right, right. I'm putting people off. Yeah. Right. Uh, but she's, she's courageous and learned how to go, no, this isn't okay. There's something else going on at the root of that. Why do you think it is that, uh, and I think I'm understanding you right, why do you think it is that you choose sort of that irritated, and a lot of us that are older, well, young, a lot of us that are men can choose the angry, irritated response as opposed to the vulnerable, communicative response? Why, why do you think that is? You know, it's a good question. That, uh, one, you just said because, like men especially, yeah. I found a scripture Uh-oh. that I was surprised by that addressed men oh boy. on this. In First Timothy 2, 8 in the TPT, it says, Therefore I encourage men— to pray on every occasion with hands lifted to God and worship with clean hearts, free from frustration or strife. Wow. So I think God connects your frustration. Men's frustration and strife is one of the things that keeps them from having depth in prayer is because I think frustration and anger blocks you from getting deeper because I don't want to discover anything else that's underneath Why do you think it. we as men get so frustrated? You know, for me, a lot of it is comes from my motivation of I want to not have any limits. I want to be great at everything, mm-hmm. and I want to be best at everything. Right. I think it's Ecclesiastes, all of the anxious striving. Yeah. And, and when I have to come face to face with my limits, my sins, my disappointments, my weaknesses, yeah. I get angry and don't want to admit, no, I'm just weak. I need help. I need yeah. God. I need my wife. I need friends. And so I, I've historically always throughout my life gotten angry instead of humble and expressive about oh i have need yeah i, I wonder i wonder myself. sometimes if you know that that is an element of unwillingness by men to explore their emotions that that we decide as guys i only need three or four emotions i don't want to have complex emotions i don't want to talk about embarrassment i don't want to talk about being ashamed I don't want to talk about feeling rejected. I don't want to talk about, as you alluded to, disappointments. I don't want to admit that someone's better than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to admit, as you said, Scott, I'm limited. And then put that to vocabulary. How does it feel yeah. to be limited? Well, some people who are limited go, feels good because I'm not doing that anymore. But other people go, I feel less. I feel like a failure yeah. because I'm limited. And I think a lot of times men, because we don't, want to explore how we feel we don't want to talk about it when you when and i I don't want to make too many gender stereotypes but women it seems to me yeah and from my experience talking to my wife and you know just being around uh kids and watching my daughter grow up with kids uh other girls they tend to uh be encouraged yeah by the sharing of emotion Right. right and by the sharing of thought and by the sharing of detail. And men, I think, tend to be encouraged by activity. Yes. Let's go do something. Right. And 
as and I'm not saying either is bad or good. It's just that I think for men, we don't we don't pull. We used to have a pressure cooker at home when yeah, I was a kid. It had a little thing on the <laughs> top that would whistle, <laughs> yeah, or whatever it was. And so you knew that things were under pressure. Yeah. And I think men, we are pressure cookers. And at a certain point, as you alluded to, Scott, nobody wants to take that top off because they get mm-hmm. burned. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we have to learn how to let that steam out. And I think that steam is emotion. Yeah. And so sometimes I think, based on the scriptures you're sharing, and that was a really awesome one. What was that that passage you read, just the, the last one about about men, the hands thing? First uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. First Timothy 2, 8. I think, I think it's almost like when I read that, hear that passage read, I think God wants us to let off our steam with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He wants us to say, here's what I'm feeling. Right. And if we only can feel two feelings, anger and irritation, or competitiveness, you know, yeah. or selfish ambition, if that's a feeling. <laughs> if those are the only ones we've got, we can't go anywhere. So we have to kind of, you know, if we were bas- if men were basking in robins, we'd have three oh. flavors. <laughs> oh, you know, the three flavors. And so, what do they got now? 32, 31. 31. Well, probably more than 31. They probably have 31, yeah. more than 31. But I think, it, I think emotions are like flavors. Yeah. yeah. The more you have, the more calm you can become. Wow. Mm-hmm. I good. even think a lot of times that's anxious good. people don't have a, 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 the right number of emotions yes. to express. Yes. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yes. That, that's Absolutely. one of the things. I, do. I, I read um, an author, her name's Ellen Hendrickson, and she talked about anxiety is, is like a slippery shapeshifter that when you try to stuff it down, it just reemerges in a different form. Wow. And I think that's what happens to me with what you're saying with emotions. The more I can identify, pray about, talk about all the emotions that are going on, it lets the, you know the, the the steam and the pressure off. But when I don't, and I try to stuff it down, yeah, you know, pride, embarrassment, it just it shape shape shifts into anger or frustration yeah. or you know and, something and, else. And one last question for you, and we'll get Jason here. But I'm I'm thinking of you. You're you 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 know you're you're juggling many bo- many balls. So you're dealing with your own. Then you got kids. Then you got work. Then you got marriage. So. Is part of the challenge too that one or two of those balls can so exhaust us emotionally that it's hard to want to, you know, dig into the emotions for this relationship. So if you're talking to your wife and someone at work about some issues, and then all of a sudden you got to talk to your kids, this at least is what I go through. You're like, holy cow, man, I'm exhausted. And do I want to now dig in and deal with the plethora of my plethora of my, um, Emotions and much feelings. better just go shoot people in Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Call of Duty fan. I must confess, I am a Call of Duty fan. Uh, but yeah, I I think I think this is a really helpful discussion because I think a lot of times, not just men but people, don't think that expression of emotion is a way to deal with anxiety. Right. And yeah. I think that's what I'm think learning from right. what you're talking about, Scott. And and I think. I'm just a deeply unspiritual person that believes in human power over God pretty much daily. Mm-hmm. I, I call it, you know, practical atheism because I believe in God conceptually, yeah. but then in reality, as I'm functioning in life, I really don't. Yeah. I, I do it myself. And, you know, one of the things in Ecclesiastes that helped me is it says, you do all of this anxious striving and you do all of these things, but happiness and what you really want is comes from God's hand. Okay. So like when you're describing all the different balls, I 
I actually think what I believe is that God has set life up so that it is impossible for us to live mm. without him. That's wow. I and, that that. and that we're going to, <laughs> I'm going to be anxious and frustrated and drop balls and, and do all of that without God. Yeah. So I have to just know that's the setup of life because I'm not supposed to be able to do it right. without prayer and God and, and him, supernatural help. You're making mm. me think of a, a, a passage of scripture that I think fits this perfectly. And I'm going to roll over to it really quick. It's one of my favorites. And I've kind of built my family with this scripture in mind. And you, you, you guys have been around me, so you've heard me use it before, Psalm 127. And I just want to read it because it, it perfectly aligns with what you're talking about with regard to the understanding that being anxious is not going to do us any good. Mm. In the New International Version, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Mm. I don't think That's that good. sleep is just merely you're going to get you know good sleep. Right. I think it's what you're talking about. It's that cont- contented confidence mm-hmm. that the things that we're dreaming about, hoping for, and planning yeah. for will come true without us going around, as you alluded to, Scott, with that anxious striving. And so what's interesting about this podcast, and it's like I said, I'm going to get Jason in here to tell us more about characters that we can look at that will help us. What's interesting about this podcast is we're doing quiet times that work, and the way to make a quiet time work is we have to start changing the way we think about God, that God cares about us, so we don't need to run around anxiously trying to control everything. God cares about us, so we don't need to be staying up too late, getting up too early, and stressing ourselves out. In basketball, they have the phrase, let the game come to you. And I was never good at that. But it's about you don't need to go out there and try to score a bunch of points or yeah. prove you're something. Just wait until your opportunities come. And God in a little bit is like that. He's like in First Peter 5, 6, you know, uh, humble yourself under the Lord and in due time, you know, he will give you the things yeah. you need. Yeah. And so I think a lot of what you're talking about with anxiety and frustration and the anger we get is we're trying to humanistically control events instead of let God bless us. Part of the interruption to the podcast, we wanted to let you guys know about something really cool happening at deepspirituality.net. I have Mike and Amy here to tell us about some of the latest stuff going on with the newsletter. Mike, Amy, tell, tell the audience, tell the listeners, uh, what, what, what do we have cooking in the lab? Well, listeners, hopefully by now you've seen on Deep Spirituality on our website, we published not too long ago a comprehensive guide uh, called How to Have a Quiet Time. And it's a beast. There's a lot to it. It's a great guide. There's a ton to it. Um, But some of the feedback we got was it's a lot of stuff. How do we tackle that? How do we break it down? How do we approach reading this when, you know, it's not necessarily something you can do all in one sitting, right? Yeah, so what we did is we went ahead and broke this guide down into um, into a 14-day set of emails. So basically, you'll get a little piece of it, a, a kind of a bite-sized piece, depending how big you bite, um, but a bite-sized <laughs> piece of it um, in your email every morning um, for 14 days, and it has you know the, the quiet time guide broken down. Plus, we put in there some additional resources that are about that section of the guide. So you can really take your time to go through the guide and process it, digest it, apply it to yourself. Um, hopefully that's helpful. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of something we want to make a, a key thing that we, we talk about at Deep Spirituality, right? It's how to have a relationship with God, how to build and grow. Not that we're experts or anything, but there's so much to talk about on that subject, you know, like your personal walk with God. 
that uh, we didn't want it to just be like a, a one and done thing. You read a thing, you move on. So I think our hope was you spread this out over a couple of weeks and every day you focus on just a little specific part of your relationship with God, you know, your routine, you know, how you approach reading, prayer. There's so much to talk about. So uh, if you sign up for the newsletter, um, you get a nice two-week course um, that should help you out. Hopefully, I think it's pretty creative, pretty fun. There's a lot of things to dive into there. Let's go to deepspirituality.net. That's our website, and you can register right there at the top to send to your email address. And uh, the next morning, you'll get your, your your day one email. Great. So like Mike and Amy has said, we have launched a special edition of the Kickstart Your Quiet Time newsletter. By signing up for our newsletter over the following two weeks, you'll have taken a tour dedicated to helping you learn how to develop a deeper walk with God. Every morning, we'll send you a section of this guide to focus on. We'll also send you related media like podcast episodes, videos, Spotify playlists, and other articles that supplement that section for the day. Whether you've been reading the Bible for decades or you're building a relationship with God for the first time, our hope is that you'll find spiritual tools in this newsletter series that will make your quiet time with God the highlight of your day. Now, back to the show. Go ahead, Jason. What do you got for us on the characters, and what are your thoughts on the subject? Well, I think that uh, Moses was a, a character uh, in Exodus chapter 3, 11 and 12. There's a scripture that says, uh, Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Now, uh, this that passage impacted me about Moses' life uh, because... Uh, I believe he was, uh, I can relate to that in so many ways of being uh, fearful and uh, the anxiety from those deep fears. And you were asking the question about... You said uh, you can relate to it. Why don't you okay. tell us about that? Oh, that'd be great. So one of the things that happened is uh, two things that I have fears of and creates a lot of anxiety for me is fear of rejection and also some fear of suffering. And one of those areas, so fear, fear, <laughs> of rejection, fear of rejection. Fear of is, suffering. Uh, I don't fear you suffering. Uh, <laughs> I'm good with that. Personal suffering. Yes. Oh, I don't fear you, you suffering. I mean, I mean, fear me suffering. <laughs> there we go. Uh, well, he was. Uh, one of the things that occurs for me is I, I was adopted uh, myself. I mean, I know Moses. There was an adoption that occurred for him. Cool. He had also been. Uh, committed a murder and he got afraid of that and he ran. Are you trying uh, to say you committed a murder? I was, ah, I'm, not saying that. I'm not breaking saying that. news. I'm not saying that. I can relate to Moses. I committed a murder. I can relate to Moses. Adopted. He murdered people. Yes. I can. I can. Uh, the thing that impacted me is wow. I, uh, in my life, uh, many times, uh, in my past and currently, whenever there's uh, a face, uh, a fear of rejection, or any fears, anxiety, I run and isolate myself. And that was something that Moses escaped, ran away from them. And then yet God uh, called after him, found him in the burning bush and said, hey, I, I want you to be able to uh, go back and free my people in uh, Egypt, you know? Right. And, I, and I found that experience happens quite often that I believe God will call us to make an impact on uh, other people's lives. Oftentimes when I want to run, you know, and uh, that fear of rejection uh takes place for now, me i'm just gonna okay, i'm gonna sorry. i'm gonna just i'm gonna tangle with you a little bit okay, on the scripture. Okay. he he ran because they're gonna kill him that's right you're right yes he wasn't nervous 
That's right. He did run. You're right. That is very true. He, he was yeah, nervous about them killing him. He was nervous yeah. about your ass. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. If he, if he yes. hadn't run, it wouldn't be Moses. It would have been Joshua at the burning bush. <laughs> You're absolutely right. That's absolutely and, right. So you I are would right. make the argument yes. that God had him run. I agree with you. As completely. opposed to Jonah, who, yes. ran, who ran out of a, a, a yes. unwillingness to do God's work. That's right. You're and so right. I just want to challenge you a little bit. Push back on you a little bit. I like that pushback. You're absolutely right. You've got to mess with the scriptures right there a little bit. I want to come in. Come on back in here now. Coming back yes. in here. That's the problem with Washington Huskies. Oh, man. So that's no, what they that's do, you know. Yeah. They could have been you. in the playoffs, but they keep dropping that them me. games. And the next <laughs> oh, thing man. you know, they're running yes, like Jonah yes. for the Motor City Bowl. <laughs> Motor Ooh. City Bowl on, are, on, on, on November 15th. <laughs> yes, yes. Exactly. If you don't follow college football, you want to understand that one, but that's okay. That's, there you go. But, okay, so, but, but you that, like Moses because what, Moses is a guy, Yeah, and, you know, all jokes aside, yep. that faced incredible stress yes incredible pressure yep and incredible criticism yes like he was criticized they grumbled against him yeah um he was uh given a number of people to manage unlike anybody we see in the yes. entire bible yes right uh right. he was facing powers that are the greatest powers in the world at the time that's right yeah pharaoh was not only the greatest power in the world at the time but he was stubborn Right, and so you're talking about a guy in Pharaoh who wouldn't change his mind, yep. and a lot of powerful people like that. When yes. they get power, they feel like, no, I'm always right, and yeah. I don't need to change my mind. And what I want to explore a little bit of what you said is, you talked about the running, and I don't want to, you know, mess you up on that because I think this is an important thing. So, does what makes you feel the need to run? Because I think for a lot of people who feel anxiety. That fight or flight, yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. element. Yes. Some people s stand and fight, but other people run. And so, what you're saying is, I'm a flight guy. I am. Would a flight that be guy. right? Absolutely right. So, yeah. what are the things that make you fly away? Yeah. So, some of the things that make me fly away, I think, is uh, you know, unbelieving thoughts that occur on a mm -hmm. daily basis. What, you know, what, what are the unbelieving like, thoughts? Some know. of the unbelieving thoughts. Uh, and we, you know, hey, uh, no one wants. Uh, to be, you know, no one wants you. Yeah. Uh, you're no good at anything you do. Yeah. Uh, you're going to mess everything up. Yeah. Don't even try. Yeah. Like that. I wake up on a daily basis. What happens with those if, experiences, what, what, what happens you know, if so. someone, what happens if someone, like, let's say you're thinking, um, I'm no good at this. Yeah. And then if someone walks up and says, you're no good at this, how does that affect you? Like if they, it, if you think I'm no good at doing this thing here, let's pick a thing. I'm no good at being president of the United States. I don't know. Yeah. And you want to run for, you're going to run for president. I'm no good at being president of the United States. And somebody comes up to you and goes, you know, you'd be a terrible president of the United States. How right. does that affect you? Right. I mean, it just completely, I just want to uh, stop the conversation and walk away yeah. and just like, and then uh, escape the conversation, yeah. the environment, and then live in denial, deceit. So, so in the moment when you hear the criticism, yes, does that create anxiety? Yes, I believe it does. What's that feel it, like? The anxiety feels like um, it intensifies, I believe. Like, that, like, like it's almost mean? like your fear of not being good at something is uh, backed up or perhaps, you know, an argument made that, yes, this is true, that you can't it's do confirmed. this. It's confirmed. So and does that make it... That what, makes what, it worse. So uh, does that? what does that do to you physically, emotionally, mentally? Because, does it become more difficult to have a conversation with the person? Yes. Does it make you physically nervous? I mean, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, physically. You know, there's also physical 
pressure that comes that occurs as well. You know, in the in the stomach area, the yeah. heart there, that occurs. I feel those, those those happen. And is that one of the reasons that you run? Because you're sitting there going, "Man, I I'm feeling I'm, this physically, yes. emotionally, mentally. I can't I can't stand this feeling." That's right. That's right. This and is the only way to relieve it is to get away. Yes, from it. absolutely. So, are there people in your life sometimes that don't understand that and 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 think? You maybe don't like them yeah. because you're avoiding them. Yes, when you're avoiding them because they're bringing anxiety into that, your that's life. Exactly right. Yes, <laughs> yes. Now uh, everybody out there knows Jason's going to go. He walked away from me. Uh oh. There we go. Yes. Oh no. Wait a minute. Jason's leaving right Where'd now. Come back, Jason. <laughs> Come back. Don't leave. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I think it's important because I think there are a lot of people. I, I'm not saying I'm good at this. Good, good with this, but I think there are a lot of people that feel anxious because they have thoughts in their head that are confirmed, and I'm sure on many occasions I've confirmed negative things people were thinking in their head, and I didn't even know it. Yeah, and so yeah. I think that's a hard thing on those of us who maybe don't know. Yeah, and it's why I think it's so important for people that have uh, those feelings. Yeah, to find a way to engage yes. on some level, yes. which I think you're kind of alluding to, and Scott is alluding to. So who are some of the other? I mean, that was so, really cool. I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. What are some other characters? Did we cover all the characters you had? I think had? there's there's another character that helped out uh, me out as well. It's Esther. And, um, oh, yeah. And like Esther, Esther. Uh, you know, in the verse that helped out uh, one of these areas here uh, was in Esther chapter 7, and it's in verses uh, 9 and 10 mm. is the, I believe that's the, Sorry, Esther chapter four. I had to have two scriptures here. Sorry okay. about that. Yeah, Esther chapter four, verse sixteen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Esther says, uh, you know, to her uncle Mordecai says, "Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf, and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go up to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish." You know, she. Uh, what impacted me about that is that. Uh, you know, she risked her life, you know, and that wasn't something that, you know, started off with originally. She had to learn from her her uh, uncle Mordecai that, uh, you know, the Jews were going to be wiped out, uh, you know, there. Uh, this this uh, person, Haman and King Xerxes, they were uh, going to be taking out all the Jews uh-huh. there. And so one of the areas here was uh, she had been, um, you know, she recognized that God had uh placed her in that position in that time, you know, right there to be able to risk her life in front of King Xerxes. She could have been killed, uh, you know, by him. You're but kind she of into the killing theme. Sorry, here, sorry, sorry, man. Sorry, <laughs> I, I, sorry. You got Moses killing have, uh, people. You got Esther getting killed. You got something you want to talk about. You have something to talk about, Jason. We're all here for you. We're all here for you. So I think she... Keep your hands away where I can see them. There we go, right there. <laughs> but she had, uh, she took seriously uh, God's call to work in her life to be able to rescue and uh, protect people. All right, so know, I'm going to ask so, a dumb yeah. question okay. here, and I hate to use the term dumb yeah. about myself or anyone else, but what does it have to do with anxiety? So, you know, I believe that, uh, you know, I think the thing that had to do with anxiety that stood out to me about her mm-hmm. was that uh, she had to pray and fast, you know, uh, to be able to prepare her heart to be able to, to go risk her life, you know, in front of uh, in front of the king. You know, so that's the thing. It's, I think it's very so. interesting because I, I was studying today, and one of the things I was looking at in my own life was that my fear of risk 
creates my anxiety and timidity. Yeah. My fear of risk. Right. So when you read it and you talk about it, that's why I was curious. Yeah. Because that hits home for me. Yeah. Is that the older I get, more responsibility I get, the more I consider loss. Yeah. That I can cost us where we are. That's why I like Rocky Three. Yeah. And the beach scene on the movie. I show it as much as I can yeah. to anybody who will let me. Where the wife says to Rocky, who's rich and a champion, she says, what do we have that we can't replace? Mm. You need to fight yeah. because we've got to have the truth. Yeah. And I think risk, for those who may be out there going, I don't have a lot of problems with anxiety. I don't know that I have a lot, or, but I have it because yeah. I think human beings have it. Yeah. And I think it prohibits me from doing things because I start to fear risk. So I really appreciate right. the Esther uh, use of scripture and application yeah. because sometimes I think there are people who walk around and going, I'm fine. Yeah. But yeah, when you start to settle in your life, right. Not set new goals, not make any changes. I think there's a good 90% yes. chance you've seen a risk and you don't want to take it on yes. and you want to settle into where you're at. And because people think you're doing great, it looks like you are, but in truth, I end up doing what you describe you do. I don't have the same manifestation of anxiety. Yeah. But risk makes me run. Yes. Yep. It didn't used to when I was younger, but it makes me run now. Yeah. Because I'm like, wait a minute, I'm cautious. I can't do that. You don't want to do that. Something could happen. And I think the minute we do that, we're no longer living by faith, I think. Yes. I think that's what you're saying. Absolutely. Yes, pretty interesting. So we're not too far away from the holidays. One of the things that uh, we want to make sure you're out there doing is checking out www.dspirituality.net. You can go there. You can check out our extra content. You can also uh, go over to where you, wherever you listen to our podcast on whatever app you listen to our podcast on and give us five stars if you wouldn't mind. And uh, remember, we're a work in progress. We appreciate your support. Hundreds of you have been joining all the time. And we want to thank you, you new listeners. We know that everything we do isn't uh, perfect. We're trying to grow. We're trying to get better. Trust that we are. We're working hard. For some of our guests, this is really new. For those of us who've been working on it now for about a year, um, it's still new. We're still learning. Uh, and so we're trying to provide more and more uh, content that will help you feel supported in your efforts to walk with God and do powerful things. And so this is uh, the uh, most recent entry to Quiet Times That Work. And we hope to give you some more cool stuff under the theme Quiet Times That Work because we don't want to just be sitting around monastically reading the Bible and praying on our own in isolation and thinking more theoretical thoughts. We want to be able to get outside in real life, live life with a conquering spirit like Romans 837 and be able to see our dreams come true. And that's what a quiet time that works does. Thanks to Scott Colvin and Jason Collette for, uh, for being our guest today. And we'll be seeing you guys in our next podcast and be looking forward to the holidays coming. Cause we're going to put on some special holiday podcast. In fact, I'm thinking about getting my tree up pretty soon. I'm thinking it's time, and I'm going to go early. Come on, Russ. I, I don't know when this podcast is going to land, but I have a hunch my tree will be up before Thanksgiving. Yes. That's the no, goal. That's a good before plan. Thanksgiving. I think anytime is fair after Halloween. Anytime is fair after Halloween? <laughs> after Halloween. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Thought? That's what I'm thinking. Wow. Wow. Can I get gifts for myself, too? Sort of pre-Christmas? You can get <laughs> gifts for Jason and I. <laughs> <laughs> I have a gift for you guys. Oh, this is man. the end of the podcast. <laughs>